Joe Prano. Andy Ruther. I got some big Dirty Sports Fam news before we start today's show. Our good friend, the official fill-in host, co-host, Tug Coker, will be on ABC this week, Tuesday. He will be on the episode of the show Mixed-ish. Mixed-ish, Start- which is a blackish spinoff. It uh, stars Mark Paul Gossler, right? Co- correct. The old Zach from uh, Saved by the Bell. In fact, Tug will be battling it out with Mark Paul Gossler on this episode. So I want to encourage all the Dirtballs to watch Mixed-ish this week. There's Tuesday at 9 o'clock Eastern Time. And then the next day it'll be on Hulu. So there's no excuses not to support our guy, Tug. Tuesday, 9 p.m., ABC. Also, indefinitely, forever after, on some sort of streaming device. If you can't watch it and send screenshots of, of you watching Tug, are you really a dirtball? No, you're definitely not. Definitely not. And the episode is titled The Charming Man, which is fitting because Tug Coker's on it. He's a very charming man. So go support Tug. Watch Mixed Dish this week. And also, after you do that, go support my guy here, Joe Prano. The Valentine's Day is for Suckers album is officially out. My album has officially dropped, as they say. I've got two tracks on Valentine's Day is for Suckers. It's available now for stream on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, Pandora, Sirius XM. Uh, if you go to my bio on Instagram or if you look at, you know, any of my last dozen tweets, I'm sure there's a couple of promos in there. But just go search it on all music apps. Valentine's Day is for suckers and listen to the two tracks that I have. Not one, but two tracks. 11 tracks, 10 comics. Why? Because one comic has two tracks. Good. It's like two chains, but two tracks. That's why I did two trucks. All right, guys, go support Joe. Go support Tug. And now let's make some sports podcast magic. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host, Joey. No chill, pray now. Good morning, Rumi. Oh, snap. We're roomies. We're, we've, been, we've been bunking up this weekend. It's been fun. Now I know why Nick doesn't want to leave. It's, so, it's such a special feeling in here at night. Andy, it's like, it's like being at sleepaway camp with you. Late at night, the lights go out. We just start talking. Last night we were taking a little reminisce down Dirtball Lane, <laughs> talking about some dirtballs of days, days gone by. Last night was great. And he was just literally just throwing out Twitter names. He's like, remember Supple Carrot? I'm like, jeez. <laughs> just like right before. And then and then I'd start to doze off again. Remember Nick the Nick? 
<laughs> I'm like, yeah, dude. Wild. So picture me on the couch, Prano in my bed, all the lights are turned out, and Prano goes, God damn it, now I gotta look at these people up. Every time I would I talk like, God damn it, I gotta go figure out if the Bruder brothers are still <laughs> teenage MAGA supporters. Every time I'd say a name, he'd have to go to his phone, look up. If that person was alive or dead. When's the last time they tweeted? Yeah. Going down dirtball memory lane, which was nice. And you were also very curious. I like to watch this animal show. There's a good new animal show on Netflix. It's basically about they have infrared cameras. You can see animals at night. They've never yeah. done this before. And you and s- you, But uh, you've been letting me stay in your bed. I've been in your bed, which is behind the TV. So I don't get any of the visuals. Two nights ago, I woke up middle of the night to just like, is this cub going to find its mother? And I'm just like, what kind of cub? Where in the world is, the, is this cub? Did it find its mother? It's wild. It did, by the way. And I was trying to read your face watching it. I'm like, what's going on? Is this cub, cub going to make it? The cub made it. it was you a- go to sleep to nature shows. Well, I like nature shows. Last thing you want to do before bed is worry about a lost wolverine. The wolverine was lit last night. <laughs> or, or watch. I, honestly, I've never seen a wolverine. You watch this show, you will. Yeah. Episode two. Yeah, so we're playing a little musical chairs like you tweeted out. You're over here with me. Nick is at your place. Yeah. Because his girlfriend is in town. Yeah. So we're, we're playing. Playing a little dirty sports musical apartments. Now, did, have you missed me? Let's just be honest, Nick. I've missed you so much, Andy. You have no idea. Because Every, I, I mean, it, 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 as great as it is, and I, I'm so glad Paige made it out here. I haven't seen her in. What, like a month, month or month and a half or so, um, but I'm not sleeping alone. So at least I got that going for me. I feel like we have a full like single white female situation though. Like I feel like Nick's at my place and he's got a picture of me that he's like put red axes through and horns on because I because I've slid in here and I'm stealing his his surrogate father. <laughs> I got to say I was really jealous when you're you guys are talking about dirt ball memory lane yeah, late just, at night. I'm I'm just imagining like a candle lit with the lights off. Yeah. Andy had his little like Yeah, just the diffuser Andy going. Yeah, his little diffuser going. Well, I did the other night. Yeah, he didn't break that out for me at all. I've been here a month. Not, not once did I see the diffuser. You can get the diffuser this week. Okay. We can bust out the diffuser. Clearly, this is a, a uh, slow sports time of year. Yeah. We're opening the show. But we have to open. We I, I do, before we get to the XFL and Phillip Rivers and the Astros and Dirtball Calls, that's kind of what we're covering today. Yeah, I previewed the whole show. Yeah. Before we do that, you had a wild dream. I did. So, I'm having, basically every night I have a dream about my leg. I don't know if it's because when I sleep, it's very like important that I keep my leg kind of still and not, you know, roll on it or twist it. I'm supposed to be sleeping in the brace. I don't always sleep in the brace. I never sleep in the brace. Um, and so I think I'm just, like, constantly thinking about my leg as I sleep. I've had a lot of weird dreams where I've injured my leg. Yeah. But what's weird is, you know when you, like, you know when you have a dream, a bad dream about, like, hurting yourself or dying or whatever, and you wake up and you're, like, you're so happy that you're alive or that you, you know, you're not hurt. I'm having the reverse. I'm having these weird dreams where I've injured my leg 
but not as severely as I did in real life. And then I wake up and I have a moment of joy like, oh, God, it was just a dream. And then I'm like, oh, no, it's worse in real life. My, my leg is mangled. But my latest injured leg dream, wild. Two nights ago, I dreamed that I was a professional football kicker and that I had injured my left leg, which was my not my kicking leg, but my plant leg. And uh, you were my Jerry Maguire-like sports agent. And you were in a panic that the coach of the professional football team that I play for, which was like a very Bill Belichickian kind of guy, was going to find out that my leg was injured. So you were, con- you were trying to convince me that I could do some sort of standstill place kicking you're like just don't run up to it just stay still just when the ball gets snapped just swing your good leg back and kick it you're like dude i know you can be automatic from 40 we we just gotta find and then you were like then you were like doing something where you were like trying to talk to the quarterback like look we can't have long field goal situations like we he, like praying I was hurt. I'm a good agent. Yeah, you were a good. You were like full Maguiring. You're like sneaking into the facility to talk to like get other players in on this conspiracy. But the weird thing is, is like I have an injured bad leg, non kicking leg. I don't even know how not like walking up to it's even helpful. Like I, I still have to stand on this bad leg. A lot of holes in this dream. One that I'm a, a, some sort of professional kicker. Two, that you're qualified to be a sports agent. Love it. Three, that I'm on, you know, some Bill Belichick-run football team. Now, how close am I to the State Farm agent, the douchebag? It was, it was honestly very similar. It was like the, <laughs> it was like the State Farm agent meets Jerry Maguire meets the kid from Jerry Maguire. You're like, yeah, human head weighs 10 pounds. And I was like— What's that, What was that kid's name, Jonathan Lipnicki? Yeah. I you love remember, it. Remember he went through a rough patch? Oh, he, yeah. He had his middle years were awkward AF. Well, I mean, a child star. Yeah. Did he go into drugs? I don't think so. I think he just got into like, I think he just hit a bad puberty patch. Wait, did he get yoked? I think he might have. I, dude, we got to put this up. I think that dude got yoked. Was it Jonathan Lipnicki? Yeah. <laughs> what are you searching for? Jonathan Lipnicki yoked? I told you, bro. Yeah. Look at him. Yeah. He got absolutely jacked. <laughs> Look at his fucking six pack. That's kind of amazing. Bro. Jonathan Lipnicki got shredded. Not a fan <laughs> of the tat, though. What is he have? The big Jewish star on his side? Is he Jewish? I mean, he, says he has a fucking 12 inch star David on his abs. Well, Lipnicki. Nick, Nick, Lipnicki, uh, he's 29 years old. Now? Yeah. He's 29 years old now? Yeah. Wow. I would have said older because uh, I guess, yeah, I guess Jerry Maguire's pretty close. That came out when I was like a senior in high school. He is Jewish. I know. <laughs> I mean, what are we talking about here? He has his own website, by the He's, way. There's a picture of him uh, with, uh, you know. Hebrew curls and being a rap. Oh wow! Look at his website. Wow, you guys got to go to Jonathan Lipnicki. Yeah, we got to get him on the show. Can we contact Jonathan Lipnicki? Have him come on and talk about Jerry Maguire. His Twitter profile. He says, "Actor, dog father, Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, kickboxing." Wow. He's like, you know, the human head weighs eight pounds. 
It's going to weigh less when I slam it into the mat a couple times. Yeah, bro. Look. Oh, is that him with the, the goalie who lost his shit? No, that's him with the Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy. Oh. You know Goldberg from uh, Goldberg the goalie from, from Mighty Ducks. Mighty Ducks also was like caught on heroin recently. He's going through a rough patch. He yeah. Needs, he needs to get with Lip Nicky. Yeah, bro. Turn his life around. Lip Nicky is uh, it's the most serious look I've ever seen. Look at him, bro. He can fuck some dudes up. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. God, man. Our, this, is, this is what happens when football ends and baseball hasn't started yet. Want to go down a Lip Nicky wormhole? <laughs> yeah, we got you covered. Want to talk about Joe's dreams? Got you covered. Yeah. Let's talk a little XFL, though. Let's do it. Extreme! We watched a lot of it. Yeah. How much XFL did you watch this weekend? I mean, it was good background noise. It was on in the background, for sure. I don't think I watched any of it with sound except McAfee. I love to do sports I barely care about. Mute, background, doing other business. Yeah. Um, I watched a bit of... What was the very first game? Very first game was the one that was. It was the, DC. It was the DC. Whoever they are, they are. Yeah. And they were playing. Were they playing Tampa? No, Tampa was yesterday. Tampa was yesterday. Anyway, it was DC. Was it LA at DC? Nick, we watched this. We watched some of this. No, LA. LA played Houston. The Roughnecks. The Roughnecks. What a name. Yeah. Uh, and then. Who did DC play? It was the very first game. How many teams are there in the XFL? Eight. So there's two games Saturday, two games Sunday. Yeah. That's the eight. Yeah. So yesterday St. Louis played uh the Dallas team. And this is this is riveting radio, by the way. We just can't remember anything. Ah, it's important. This is how we're showing exactly how much we care about the XFL. Uh anyway, I watched a little bit of all the games, including the Guardians game yesterday. Obviously, we got Dan, the the Guardians dirt ball, working for the New York team. So we had we had to watch them. Uh, the quality of football. Well, Andy, the quality. Let's start with the quality of football. Okay, I thought it was decent. It's like uh, the G League. Would you rather watch the XFL? Two random XFL teams. We had like it was. By the way, it was Seattle at DC. Seattle. That's right. By the way, those Seattle Dragons helmets were sort of dope. Yeah, got a little Miami Hurricane vibe to it. Yeah, yeah. I liked. I liked the Seattle gear. I liked the uh, Tampa gear. This, that Tampa like hot green. Jameis Winston's gonna look fucking fire in those next year. Oh. And uh, and of course and of course I love the Guardians, the black Guardians gear. I don't want to give too much away but whoever's behind a lot of the guardians equipment design is certainly a mastermind well what did you think of the football i thought the football was it was decent decent caliber football like i yeah. i like the rules it's not going as fast as you think even though the clock runs right and the gameplay i was surprised with the gameplay being as sort of mm, i don't know elementary as it was it was still it was still pretty decent, but I guess I was expecting the XFL to like put I don't know some sort of excitement or speed or whatever forward, 
Like, uh, I feel like in the USFL back in the day, this is like going all the way back. Their one of their major strategies was like finding like huge passing quarterbacks and stuff like that. I felt like every team I watched the XFL, there's a lot of guys you would like you like you know of in like very game manager. Like Matt McGloin is starting for the Guardians. Kid from Princeton was starting for LA. Just seemed very kind of game managey. Which is fine. They're obviously, you know, every well, coach is trying to win games. That that would be my one concern for the league moving forward. You, there's not like a giant standout player. I mean, you could argue that the player people want to see most is Cardell Jones. Yeah. That's not good for the league. No, but, but you know, what are you going to do, I guess? Like, it, it, I mean, you and I were talking about it yesterday. I think if the XFL continues— the move's got to be them trying to make a splash, like trying to convince somebody who's like got a name of some sort, either a former NFLer or like an Antonio Brown yeah. or or a borderline, like a name from the college that's going to the NFL that's like big school or like Heisman candidate or something like that who's going to maybe be a mid-rounder and be like, bro, we'll give you – Big money to come here. Don't be a fourth rounder in the NFL. Take your name and come here. Because a lot of times, guys who put up huge numbers in college football don't don't always necessarily end up being big prospects. Um, yeah. But I thought the the quality of play was decent. Um, now the rule changes. That's obviously the, sort of the big the big uh, draws this weekend, or the things that people were really interested in, was that the sort of the sideline access. The interviews, the open mics, especially on the offensive uh, play calling, and then rule changes. Let's talk a little bit about the rule changes. The one thing I didn't see enough of, you can throw two forward passes behind the line of scrimmage. Did you know that? Yeah, it's a great rule. I'm like, forget the line of scrimmage. How about two forward passes? How about, fucking two, like, how about you throw a 10-yard out and the guy throws it again? A little flicker ball action. Love it. Like why? Why are we doing this behind the line of scrimmage? Yeah, they they were the play calling was way too conservative. Yeah, especially when you can throw two passes. And my, my whole offense. Okay, I'm an offensive coordinator in the XFL. Every single play, forward pass, twice. Yeah, two forward passes. Just go for it. Yeah. I wonder how that works with like receiving yardage. Yeah, it's a good question. I guess I guess if it's behind the line of scrimmage, it's still not a a gain. Well, I'd like to see more of that, and I'd also. When you score a touchdown, the options are one, two, and three points. And it's one point from the one-yard line. Two-yard line. Two-yard line. It'd be like the two-point conversion. Right. Two points from the five-yard line. Correct. And three points from the ten-yard line. I want to see I'm going for three every time. Every time. Every time. Every time. Here's something, too. Uh, I noticed a lot of the coaches were going for one fairly regularly. Correct. You cannot kick an extra point, correct? Correct. Uh, how are you not at least going for two every time? I agree. If you can score from the two, you can score from the five, right? Yeah. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. True. You know that one, Nick? Okay. <laughs> he he wasn't even on mic. He's seen the trailer. Funny. Yeah. Um, how if you can score from the two, you can score from the five, right? Yeah. Who's like take the extra point, man? I agree. Honestly, if I'm a coach, I'm going for three the whole time. Uh, I mean, I think I've made it obvious. 
two forward passes, three every time. Yeah. It's the XFL. This is if the XFL starts to struggle, I think an easy move could just be two forward passes. Forget the line of scrimmage. This is what the XFL is when you're play calling. It's like it's basically when you have house money, right? Yeah. You're up in Vegas. You live comfortably. Let's say you have a good living. You're up big time. Just go all in. Yeah. Go all in. Why are we not? Can, that's that'd be my one concern about the XFL. I'm going to say it right now. I do not think it lasts at all. At all. You think they finish this year? You think there is an XFL champion crowned this year? I think there is, but we discussed this, and I'll bring it up now. The financial problem is too big for me. Vince McMahon. For anybody, this was wild. This is you. You broke this part of the story to me so explain it to everybody so Vince McMahon is set to lose 375 million of his own money on the XFL now I looked up Vince McMahon's net worth according to Google it's 2.2 billion um so that's a decent chunk of change yeah it's like what seven percent of his money sure so basically, the, I don't know if that's right, but it sounds right. Let's run with it. The TV deal that the XFL has with ABC, ESPN, Fox, and Fox Sports One, they're not paying them. A lot of people don't realize this. This is why Vince McMahon has put so much of his own money. What the networks are doing is they're paying for the production costs and obviously anything that that entails to air the games. But it's not like where ESPN has a deal with the NFL, and they're paying them billions of dollars. There's no money being exchanged. So from everything I read, this is what it says. Vince McMahon has earmarked $300 million of his own money that will get them through two and a half seasons, and he'll put up more later. The whole thing is currently structured that he'll lose maybe $375 to $400 million over the next three years. Then after those three years, his goal is to strike television deals that are around $125 million a year to where they are doing well enough the networks want to pay them. And that's basically to just recoup his money. Yeah. By the way, I'm embarrassed by my math. It's more like 12% of his money. It's like one-seventh of his money. Um, but that's crazy to put like one-seventh of your net worth on the line and the goal being to spend that much over three years in hopes of going three more years to make it back, which then means going, it means you're looking at six years-ish. Yeah, it's a six-year plan. Six years-ish of the NFL to get profitable. XFL. What did I say? NFL. Yeah. This is going to be like the San Diego Chargers for me. I'm never going to make the change. <laughs> yeah. You're looking at six years to get profitable. Sure. And he did this, and it didn't work already. Yeah. Uh, I'd be shocked if there's a second season. You'd be shocked? If the, I think there will be a second season. I almost think if he's prepared to lose this much, I almost think there's going to be a third. God, it's so tough. Well, I'm going I'm going over under two and a half seasons. It's, I, I, think, I, I think a lot of people, I'd bet on two. I'm not sure I'd bet on three. Well, and for the record, I want this to succeed. I'm all for this. Because you, you're extreme. I think that was the first version of the XFL. What does this X stand for? Extra Football League? 
they're not focusing on this extreme. Right. You know, back then it was like a Mountain Dew extreme sports. Right. Yeah. I do want it to succeed. I think it'd be good for the NFL. I'm surprised they didn't go code red football league. <laughs> <laughs> but Nick's got a hand, his hand up. Okay. But, Nick's trying to check into this basketball game. I, I look, I'll check Nick in, but before I do, I, I, I want I want to I want it to succeed, but again, was my dream perhaps uh, foreshadowing? Am I going to be a kicker on an extreme football league team? And I think it makes sense. I think I could be an agent in the XFL. I think I could do that. So the they've moved on from the extreme football league. The X is actually supposed to be like a variable, like finding X. So it's supposed to be <laughs> supposed to stand for anything you want, but the wow. NFL. It's a math. Wow. It's a mathematical equation. Wow. Solve for football league. Apparently. Yeah. By the way, why'd they always choose X in math? That was kind of annoying. Why is it always X? I don't know, dog. Why is it not Z? Why is it not Y? Sometimes it I is. I mean, it is. Some, it is. Sometimes a, it is a, Z. A lot, of, a lot of math equations have a X, Y, and Z. Yeah, but why is X the main one? Are you doing a fucking who's on first right now? Why is X the main one? I don't know, man. I didn't get any sleep last night. I do not think it lasts, though. Okay. So you're saying you're, you're going... One year. I like yours. Two and a half year over under. I like somewhere between two to three in that two and a half range. Now, I did like the broadcast portion of it. I agree. Love the hearing inside the players' helmets. Love that the quarterback, that that all the skilled players can talk to the offense coordinator all the time. And that mic is hot for us. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure really how... They handle this with like the the com- competition portion of it. Like, are teams allowed to just go back and watch broadcasts? And like, are are people allowed to go like full Astros? I was gonna say the Houston Astros should be loving yeah. the XFL. The Houston Astros, like, oh my god, can you imagine if they were broadcasting other managers talking? Yeah, we'd have never lost the game. I know. Um. I don't understand. I don't know how that works. I'm sure there's not some honor code of not watching. So it must just be open source watching. Yeah. But I love it. I like hearing the play call. I like having uh, interviews with players who do something on the sideline immediately after they happen. I think that these are things some, that the NFL might adopt. Um, I think the, the broadcast portion of it is cool. Our boy Pat McAfee was a sideline reporter. He had the bolo tie on in the in the Dallas game yesterday. And they have good announcers. They have yeah. good crews. You know, they're not using their D-list crews. They have a lot of great crews, both ESPN and Fox. Got- well, they're getting a freebie here. A freebie. So it's like if people start watching, they're going to make some dough. Yeah. No, you're right. It, it's a it's a pretty good win win situation for them. Do we know, Nick? Can you look up how like the overnight ratings were? Like, has is it been successful so far? I'll check that real quick. Um. So o- overall, you don't think it's gonna last, but sadly, I don't. Do you like it? I do. That's what I'm saying. I are do. You, are you going to go to an XFL football game? Well, Nick brought that up. About us possibly going. We didn't even go to an NFL football game this year. Did you go to an NFL? Oh, yeah, you did. You went to the Ravens game. Yeah, I went to Ravens uh, Rams. Um, the L.A. Wildcats. Yes. Are 
I think in town next week. Next Sunday. Ooh, I don't know if I want to give up a Sunday for that. Well, now you got now you can just start doing Saturdays, you know, because uh, you, you don't have anything to do. I know, I'm kidding. Playing uh, the Rough Riders. They're playing the Ooh. Rough Riders. Rough Riders. Is that Houston? Houston. Is that, is that June Jones's team? I don't know. I do like the coaches. They got a lot of former college and NFL, but name coaches. Yeah. Jerry Glanville. We've learned Jerry Glanville is still alive. He was wearing two headsets the other day. Yeah. Uh, the Guardians, head coach by my boy Kevin Kildrive. Old Giants offense coordinator Kevin Gilbride. Yeah. Um, that was the one thing about the XFL that I didn't love is that so many names are recognizable to me, but I don't know where that I spend the whole game Googling, like, how do I know this guy? I also loved how... On the very first drive, Cardell Jones is getting MVP chance. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, did you see that? No. He's getting MVP chance. That's great. Uh, XFL viewership peaked at 4 million and averaged 3.3 throughout the day. This happened in the AAF last year, though. Yeah. Like the very first week. I'd yeah, be interested yeah. to see where this lands two weeks from now. Yeah, but that's that's good numbers for week one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for, for sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, the reason X is used in math um, letters used at the <laughs> end of the alphabet are for variables. Letters at the beginning are for consonants. And X is used for independent variables, while Y is used for dependent variables. That is your dirty sports uh, math nug of the day. You guys are welcome. Okay, so $4 million, I like it, though. It's it's getting some viewership. Again, this is true. The AAF last year started out strong. And uh, they didn't even finish the season. And a lot of these guys, like Matt McGloin, who's there, he was in the XF, in the AAF, and now he's in the XFL. I'm sure there's a lot of crossover players. A lot of names you sort of, you know, recognize. A lot of children. Joe Horn Jr. was on one of the teams. I, I wanted to see him bust out a Nokia, you know, after a touchdown. Uh, was there a Ricky Proles kid, like, involved? There is. Former uh, Rams receiver. I, I was Cardinals watching. And I was receiver. like, I was like, is it possible that Ricky Prohl's like one of those dudes who like can't hang it up? And he's like, I'm doing it. At Playing 55. in the XFL at 50, but it was his but son. Like, that's another thing they could do. Throwback players, like, like like throw Kurt Warner in there. Yeah, 47. Get him. Well, get I him under like, center. I feel like that's the kind of stories that they need. Yeah, they need to try to convince like an Ocho Cinco to come out. Yeah, like. Serious question. What, where, like, in what percentile of the defensive backs in the XFL is Deion Sanders in right now off the couch? Like, he's an above average corner in the XFL, right? A hundred percent. I would say a hundred percent. Deion Sanders is 52 years old. I think Deion Sanders is an above average corner. I think he's above 50%. He last played in the NFL in 2005. I know that seems like a little bit offensive to the athletes in the XFL. I think it is. But we're, but we're also talking about Deion. One of the we're greatest. Talking, we're talking about one of the all-time greatest. Okay. And a guy who seems to be in pretty good shape still. Okay, fair enough. I mean, he's not going to give up his broadcasting career. For no, I'm, I yeah. I understand that. It's, I, a, it's a hypothetical. I understand that the pay in the XFL is probably less than he gets paid yeah. to broadcast. It's, it's sixty grand, but the pay in the XFL sixty grand. They get it's, incentives though, correct? Yeah, that's like a, being a fourth year teacher. 
Yeah. It's 60 grand. They also don't play that many games. I'm not justifying it, but I'm just saying. Okay, so you think Dion is above average. What about Ocho Cinco? Ocho Cinco is 42. Where is he as far as a receiver? 42. I feel like receiver, a little bit more of like a you can get an athlete to like, you know, a young athlete and get him running patterns. I, I think Ocho, I bet you Ocho Cinco could make an XFL team at receiver. I agree. And not and not based on uh not based on name. I like, bet he could I, I, I think based on skill. I bet Ocho could kick. I saw some bad kicking. I feel like I saw some good kicking. Did you? Did did you see a lot of misses? I felt like I did. I, I felt like I saw guys maybe we just kept catching different portions. I, I was like, these guys are nailing it. Did you see the one where the guy misses and they do the sideline interview? No, and they, they the, interviewed him about missing. The commentators even said, wow, that's tough. Yeah, yeah. They go, you just missed a field goal. And then the sideline reporters, yeah, so what happened on that kick? You missed it wide, right? No, Norm McDonald, <laughs> the sideline runner. Anywhere, they say you're lined up there. there. Let's say watch this in replay there. And a cocksucker snaps the ball there. And you just, you, you missed it. <laughs> when, uh, why are you missing it? Um. Now, the speaking of kicking, the kickoff rule was noticeably different from the NFL. The kickoff rule, they've got these these it's almost like a chess match. Well, they're trying to protect Yeah, I understand it. NFL 100% going to steal this, right? The the re, the only reason I feel like the NFL doesn't 100% steal it is cuz they don't want to like credit the XFL. Oh yeah. But it seems like it's way better. Seems like the XFL finally figured out some sort of kickoff rule that should have been figured out. So the NFL, how many times the NFL tried to change it, and they literally keep making it worse? Yeah. I feel like the NFL steals that rule. I can see that. They stole the the camera right. from the first XFL in the middle of the field on the line. All right, that was the uh, Dirty Sports XFL report. Well, I was gonna do a na- I was gonna do a natural transition. Okay, Philip Rivers is he XFL bound? Is he NFL bound? See, that'd be that'd be a guy I would throw dough at, bro. Right? Try to get Philip Rivers. Yeah, but try to get Philip Rivers now. Yeah, Philip Rivers. I feel like Phil- Philip Rivers is the kind of guy who's ready to play football yesterday. Yeah. Get Philip Rivers on that L- L.A. team. Well, he he's left L.A. Get Philip Rivers on that Tampa team today. Yeah. I think he's NFL bound. But I'd be interested to see where does Philip Rivers compete or where does Philip Rivers, you know, we've talked about the quarterback carousel. Where does Philip Rivers start next year? Like in a way that makes sense. In a way that gives him an opportunity for success, in a, in a in a situation where he's an upgrade. Well, I look at it this way: if you look at the teams that are available, he's the, officially. By the way, Schefter t- tweeted today he is officially moving on from the Chargers. They, the Chargers they've and mutually agreed have agreed to part ways. They have. So I'm sitting here with my 2020 Los Angeles Chargers season tickets. I'm I'm on edge. Who's going to be our quarterback? This is good for you either way because any change is better than Phillip Rivers again from an excitement standpoint. I agree. No one was going to Chargers games in their soccer stadium. 
Now they got to fill this brand new SoFi Stadium. Anybody is, from a publicity standpoint, an upgrade from Philadelphia. Yeah, I agree. I think Tampa Bay is a good fit. And I'm not just saying this because of We're Jameis Winston truthers. Because of our history with Jason Light slash Jameis one of one. If you look at that team, now Phillip Rivers had a lot of turnovers last year. But if Phillip Rivers keeps it in check, you have great receivers, you have a good defense. Again, yeah. the notion that the Bucks didn't have a good defense is a one hundred percent lie. Yeah. They were just short field all the time because James Winston turned over the ball 35 times last year. Yeah. So I think that's a good fit. I think that's a good fit, too. I think the And Col- you have a veteran coach and Bruce Arians. Yeah. Who, In we- a style where he likes to throw the ball down. I mean, Phillip Rivers doesn't really have the big arm. Has never really had a big arm. Um, but He's accurate. Yeah. But I feel like he could get it done. I, I still like the Colts as a fit for okay. Rivers. Or for any veteran quarterback, I think everybody knows my opinions on the Colts quarterback situation, but I'm not sure that Phillip Rivers is the best fit for the Colts. If if I'm the Colts with this quarterback carousel that is, you know, waiting for the first person to hop on, this domino effect, uh, I'm not sure that my hope is for Phillip Rivers, but I still think he's a good fit. Will Phillip Rivers be starting on an NFL team in 2020. I think he will and I think that's the only way he stays in the league. Right? That's it's very similar to the Eli Manning when Eli Manning retired, he said he didn't want to be a backup. Philip Ver- Philip Rivers hasn't said that openly, but I can't imagine Philip Rivers signs with a team that tells him he's in, in, going to be involved in some sort of quarterback competition, right? Yeah. Why would you? Sure. You had 12 kids. How much do you hate your kids if you're like— I think he has look, eight, eight or nine. Look, look, kids, I'm going to go, you know, to, to training camp and compete with Josie Bricoli. Well, look, Philip Rivers, he's a family guy, as we know. He has a very large family. Yeah. I think he moved because he did. His family moved to Florida. I think he moved there— because he thinks he's going to go to one of the two teams. Well, he went to school at North Carolina State. True. He's from where? I don't know. Not some somewhere in the south. I'd assume. Yeah. Maybe Texas or something like that. Um so he wanted he wanted to get out of Southern California cuz he's done with the Chargers. Yeah. Uh Florida's a no-brainer if he doesn't know where he's going next cuz you know the whole tax situation. Nick, what do you got? Rivers, born in Alabama. Alabama. Philip Fudge and Rivers. Um, by the way, by the time it took Nick to look that up, he just had another child. Yeah. And that 30 seconds, Philip Rivers, another kid. I Tampa would be fun. Tampa would be fun. Okay, let, 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 let's, let's, let's just get this crystal ball out. Let's just say this happens. Yeah. He goes to Tampa. Where does Jameis Winston go? Because I'm going to say this about Jameis. I think if he's not starting at Tampa, he's not starting on a team in 2020. You don't think like a uh, like again, it's a domino situation. Like you don't you couldn't see Jameis in L.A. 
Oh my God. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you imagine if that's what you got for your tickets? Can you imagine if I got season tickets to the Chargers and I was stuck with Jameis? Although it'd be good for content. I mean, you look around the teams that need a quarterback. Like, I, I see there being 0% chance that a Frank Reich with that defense and that running game wants anything to do with a Jameis Winston. I agree. I think he wants less turnovers. So Colts are out. What yeah. about what about the Raiders and Gruden? Raiders. That's where Jameis ends up, right? That's because it sounds like Derek Carr and Gruden aren't aren't. A and Jameis is like Jameis is a fucking Davis family like, wet dream. Yeah, just chuck it downfield in that new. They're so like we're gonna we're gonna get literal track guys like track stars like non football playing track stars. We're just gonna get guys who missed the Olympic cut. Oh, that'd be pretty fun. And and just go. See how far you can throw it. Jameis in Las Vegas. That's where Jameis ends up if he's not in Tampa Bay, right? Las no, Vegas. No brainer. Yeah. Jameis in Vegas, too. Thank God for the Vegas buffets. Take all the crabs legs you want, bro. Oh, my God. The thought of Jameis sitting down to play poker, no way he comprehends that. They're like, sir, you ha you can't lick your fingers. You can't be eating your fingers and touching the cards. Please stop touch please stop putting your fingers in your mouth and touching the cards, sir. The coronavirus is going around. Do you think Philip Rivers would take a I like this. Ri Philip Rivers to Tampa Bay. Okay. Jameis to Vegas. Gotcha. Now the talk is Cam Newton to San Diego. Los Angeles. Right. Call call it San Diego. The Chargers. <laughs> the Chargers. That sends Brady back to the Patriots. The Patriots. That sends. Does Breeze go back to the Saints? I think Breeze goes to the Saints for one more. Yeah, I think, I th I think Breeze is on a one-year deal. Um, uh, that sends Dak on a on the uh, franchise franchise tag. tag in Dallas. Who's that? Where's that leave us? Bengals draft their QB. Dolphins draft their QB. We got some. We got an interesting call about the Bengals and Dolphins QB situation. Okay, we'll, we'll get to that later in the show. Bears stick with what they got. Who does that leave? That that means broccoli back to the Colts, or are we going like Bridgewater to the Colts? Jacoby Brissett. Br Jacoby Brissett, right? That's what I meant. Broccoli. Uh, Bridgewater to the Colts. That's not an upgrade, in my opinion. Wow. Okay. It's a bit offensive, and I'm not even a Ted Bridgewater fan. I, I I don't think Bridgewater is an upgrade over. Bridgewater won more games in five starts last year than Josie did in the entire season. Is that true? Did, didn't he go five and zero? Yeah, but how many games did uh, Jacoby Brissett start? I bet he won six games. Okay, it's close. <laughs> he was probably six and seven. Okay, Teddy Bridgewater was five and zero. Okay. I I I'm a, I'm a fan of Bridgewater. I'm just saying. I, I I think they're similar. Also, Bridgewater had a lot more, a lot more weapons. That's racist. <laughs> That's racist. I think if Philip Rivers is smart, he kind of gives a deal. You know what I'm saying? Like it's towards the end of his career, he gives some sort of team friendly deal. To go to a place like Tampa. You know who else has great deals, Joe? Who's that? Harry's Razors. 
The best deals in all razors. What if there was a 50% off sale happening every time you went shopping for razors? How would that make you feel? It's like it's it's almost not even a sale. Yeah. It's like it's all the time? Yeah. You're just telling me you're giving me 50% off all the time. Well, that's what Harry's is like. Harry's, unbelievable. They offer premium blade refills as low as $2 each. That's up to 55% off compared to the price of Gillette Fusion Pro Shield. I love Harry's. I need my Harry's razor. What I like about Harry's is the blade lasts, too. You and I are both Harry guys. Yeah. But the blade gives me a good 15 to 20 days worth. So, like, a good four or five shaves. And I'm Harry. And, and that's what I love. We've, we've been working. And I think, I, not only that, but I think you're a spoiled razor user. Four or five. I think you can, you know. Yeah, think, you, I, think, I think the majority of people could get way more out of that. Yeah. You're probably right. Guys, Harry's wants to offer you all these great savings. New customers get $5 off a Harry's trial set when they go to harrys.com forward slash dirty. So, again, this amazing offer that Harry's is offering to all the dirt balls. New customers get $5 off a trial set at harrys.com forward slash dirty. You'll get a five-blade razor, that weighted handle, foaming shave gel with aloe, and a travel cover. And... Toss back an old ad read, an ergonomic handle. Handle. There yeah. it is. So join the millions of guys who are already saving money and go to harrys.com forward slash dirty to claim your offer. Once again, that's harrys.com forward slash dirty. I'm not going to lie, Andy. I'm going to get a little personal on this Harry's read. If you're still a guy who's going to the drugstore and having people open those weird plastic things so you can get your razors instead of having hair, I'm, I'm a bit embarrassed for you at this point. Yeah. Grow up. I agree. Become an adult. Yeah. Get it together. Okay. We got to move on to some baseball stuff. Okay. Now, there is a new story about the depth of the Astros cheating. And sadly, I just felt like this got lost in the mix. Got, got bowled over with XFL weekend. It did. But this story from the beginning has not had the press it deserves. I agree. It had one day on Twitter where everybody was doing the, you know, dr- uh, the garbage can banging jokes. And it had one day where everybody was doing the buzzer jokes. And obviously that Major League Baseball took action, but I feel like it is not nearly as big a story as it should have been from the beginning. And it still isn't. Yeah. So Friday, the Wall Street Journal breaks a new story, an in-depth. Read the, read the title, by the way, because it reads like a reads like a Avengers movie list. The title of the story is Dark Arts and Codebreaker, The Origins of of the Houston Astros cheating scheme. So basically what the story does, and you need a paid subscription to get Wall Street Journal. Luckily, my dad reads it. I have a subscription. The old Wall Street Journal yeah, the, subscription. The old Wall Street Journal. Occupy Wall Street. Yeah. So my dad, which by the way, he's gone exclusively online. That was a big deal. Wow. So my mom passes and he's like, we're not getting it to the house anymore. Your mom was the only one who read it. He's like going extreme. He's going extreme. I'm going online. So I I read it from time to time. And this is a great article. I'm not going to read the whole article. I mean, obviously, it's very in-depth. But basically, the synopsis of the article is this, guys. 
the Astros general manager was shown a PowerPoint presentation by an intern Mm -hmm. on how they could cheat. And it was called Code Breaker. I mean, the movie that Tug and I are producing about this. I mean, the titles that we have. Dark Arts. Code Breaker. We have a we have a we have a movie and a sequel. Yeah, and I mean this is getting better and better every day. It really is. So this is what they use. The Astros used an Excel based. Big fan of Excel over here, by the way. Shout out to Excel. <laughs> Love me some spreadsheets. They used an Excel based application program with an algorithm that could decode the opposing catcher's signs. And again, this was called Code Breaker. And they used this throughout the 2017 season parts of the 2018 season but here's one of the huge things that is leaked now in this story guys they weren't just using this at home games in houston at minute Maid park the code breaker basically what we know about the sign stealing scandal with the banging of the garbage can is that this is this was their home field addition to the cheating that they were already doing. They were like, why have a signal? Why be breaking these codes via television and having to relay them to hitters via base runner signals or whatever when we're if we're at home, we could just have somebody in the clubhouse beat on a garbage can. That was like the second level of it. A lot of people thought that was the first level, and then it got more complicated. Really, they were already doing it, and this was going like, fuck it, let's just bang on a garbage can. And they were doing it on the road as well. I don't think people understand the depth of this scheme. I'm just going to read verbatim. Houston Astros fans like, your team cheats! People have been doing this for years! I'm going to read verbatim a few paragraphs from the article. It says, the way Codebreaker worked was simple. Somebody would watch an in-game live feed and log the catcher's signs into the spreadsheet as well as the type of pitch that was actually thrown. With that information, Codebreaker determined how the signs corresponded with different pitches. Once decoded, that information would be communicated through intermediaries to a base runner who would relay it to the hitter. So again, this isn't just a video camera so for people who don't know, let me let me explain something about basic baseball signs and sign stealing. A lot of times, the general rule is if no one's on base, you're throwing down one sign as a catcher. Yeah. Because no one's looking at it. So you're doing one for fastball, two for a curveball, three for changeup, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When, when you get guys on base, you use, you use multiple signs. And you have, uh, you know, your catcher and your pitcher talk, and they say, like, fifth sign, fourth sign, second sign, whatever. So you're the one, two, five, four, whatever. And you're looking for the specific one, and that's the sign you're going to use so that a guy on base can't signal the hitter by saying, okay, I, when I know it's a off-speed pitch, I'm going to take my lead with my hands on my knees or I'm going to take my lead with my hands on my hips. This is old-school baseball sign stealing. The base runner looking at the signs using some sort of body language thing. This is all sort of part of the unwritten rules of the game. You're going to do that if the catcher 
and the pitcher don't have a good system worked out where you can't figure it out. So then they were using this Excel spreadsheet to code break which sign people were using, then relaying that to a base runner so that he could know, so that then he could, and and then they went to the next level and they're like, fuck it, what if no one's on base? Why don't we just beat some shit at home? Exactly. Yeah. So again, this This is really bad. This is really in-depth. And the giant fallacy of the whole situation is the Astros GM has continued to say he didn't know about this. He's just a flat-out liar. Yeah. Where it, it is known that the intern presented all this information to him. And he's trying to claim that he didn't know. And then there was an interview, A.J. Hinch's first interview since it went down, where they asked him about buzzers. He doesn't deny it. Yeah. He says that the league investigated it. They found their findings. You know, they, they published their findings, blah, blah, blah. But he doesn't say we absolutely weren't using buzzers or we absolutely weren't using some sort of device to alert people, which I think is very telling at this point with this story. Is, is the GM, is, how's his last name pronounced? Is it Jeff Lunau? It's L-U-H-N-O-W. Yeah. Jeff Luna, Something like that. This is what I love. This is his defense, by the way. He's claiming he didn't know about this because the emails that the intern was sending and they were presenting how they can code break all these signs were too lengthy. So he didn't read them. So he's saying, I got the emails. He doesn't deny that. They were too long. I didn't read them. I didn't read them. Wild take. It's a wild sell. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a general manager. He's not a fucking intern. The intern's sending them. Yeah. He's the general manager of a baseball team. He's getting he's getting emails that with the from people within his organization, organization with subject line dark arts. <laughs> and he's not reading them? Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. We have talked before and I think that this just solidifies our opinion on it. The punishment, way not enough. Not even close. Doesn't fit the crime. Not even close. Uh, no players punished at all. It's embarrassing. One-year punishments and draft picks, which in baseball are kind of nothing. Yeah. I mean, they're not nothing, but they're not. it's not like a draft pick in any other sport. Hank Aaron on the record this weekend is saying, these players that were involved should be banned for life. Yeah. The legend Hank Aaron says banned for life. So baseball does have a problem, and I said this to you when you were over here. I said if Hank Aaron, you know, top five all-time baseball player, yeah, a revered baseball player, if he's going on record saying this is a joke, these players should be banned for life, I, I don't know how Major League Baseball bounces back from this unless they take some bigger measurements to ban people. Well, or I, I can tell you one thing. Baseball ain't doing shit else because Rob Manfred and, like we said in the last episode, the the way the commissioner's office in baseball has refused to admit that they were wrong, from Pete Rose to steroids to whatever, there is zero sign historically that baseball is going to do anything else no matter what else comes out. Yeah. They've made their decision. They punished them. 
it's over. No double jeopardy. They're done. And it's kind of ridiculous to believe baseball, Rob Manfred, the commissioner's office, baseball in general, that they didn't have a lot of this information. This, it's the same thing as in the NFL when Goodell doesn't want to punish somebody, then the video footage comes out, then yeah. suddenly he does. Um, but I just, I just absolutely do not see baseball doing anything else. But then, and that said, because as I've said on the show, I have been a pseudo Astros fan, big fan of a lot of players on the team, big fan of what they were able to do, big fan of their sort of turnaround as a franchise. Now, obviously, this is all part of it, but that all goes away, and I'm going, yo, I need to see heads rolling. But the whole season, which is coming up very shortly, spring training starts, is going to be marred by this. My, my point is, you can't bounce back. We're talking about a team winning a World Series, a team making it to another World Series, a team the Red Sox, who there's still a bunch of clouds above how legit that World Series right, is. Right, because their manager obviously came off of the Astros bench from that World Series year. This is the biggest scandal in baseball since... Steroids. I'd even go to, to the Black Sox thing. Because we're talking about a team-wide, legit cheating scandal that helped the team win. Like To me, that's why it's bigger than steroids. Steroids was more of an individual thing. It was a problem. It was an epidemic. Yeah, it was, still, it, it was an individual thing, but it was also a league-wide thing. That the, the way the league handled it, the way the league basically promoted yeah. it and then pretended it didn't happen. Uh, Do you see my point, ba- though? Baseball, steroids ruined baseball for me for a decade. It's going to be hard for me. Uh, I almost think... That's still a bigger story because it's league-wide. But I understand what you're saying in terms of how it specifically affected the outcome of baseball, multiple baseball seasons. On steroid, with steroids, you don't know which teams have players on it. You don't know which team players don't. you got to figure everybody in some, in some realm is cheating, in, whether it be on the major league level, in their farm system. So it was just bad for baseball all around. But this... In back-to-back seasons, you have world champion teams, both coming, both the Astros and the Red Sox, coming out of this code breaker dark arts situation. Yeah, yeah. Take away the trophies. I said, like I've said before, they don't go to anybody else. They just don't go to anybody. Yeah. Get away. Take them away. Asterisks. Like how they took away uh, Reggie Bush's Heisman. Yeah. yeah. And nobody won the Heisman that year. Yeah. I want rings returned. Ooh. And I want that intern. But the, ring, the rings are just gifts from the team, so and, they're probably not going to get them returned. And by the they're way, not that, like league paid for. And by the way, that intern, he, he, he still works for the team. He has a higher position now. Of course he does. He's executive vice president of dark arts. Yeah. It sounds like some sort of Jedi. Yeah. Form. Yeah. The dark arts. Oh, it sounds it sounds like a Harry Potter book. Yeah. Harry Potter Dark Arts. Yeah. Sounds like a sounds like a R-rated Harry Potter HBO spin-off. But basically, this is a movie because this isn't guys getting just a 
video surveillance and they're banging on trash cans. That was part of it. Guys, this is a whole elaborate scheme involving nerds sitting on their computers during games, before games. Solving for X. Yeah. X equals World Series is what X equals. Yeah. A, uh, a tainted World Series. Yeah. Yeah, total bullshit. It's total bullshit. And if you're an Astros fan out there, to you, and I was, I, again, I was sort of with you. I was, I, was a, I was a big fan of the Astros. I love that Astros team. I love a lot of the players. I love what they were able to do. They did it. But prior to you finding out that they were cheating, you were like, they did it right as a franchise. They bottomed out. They got draft picks. They turned around. They added guys at the trade deadline. They added free agents. They built a World Series team, and they went, you know, twice in three years. Like they were they, the model franchise. They were the model franchise for how to go from yes. worst to first. And all now ruined. And yeah. And if you're all an ruined. if you're an Astros fan and you're defending this in any regard or saying every team's done this, there's been sign stealing in baseball forever. You are a clown. Yes. You are an embarrassment. Shut up. You are the new Patriots fan. Yeah. You're the worst. And we both had an amazing time in Houston. We had a great time at Minute Maid Park. Gorgeous ballpark. Fun atmosphere. You got lit. Yeah. It was a great night. We hung yeah. out with the dirt balls. But you're right. At the end of the day, no one's doing these sort of deep, in-depth cheating scandals. People steal signs. Guys, these guys had spreadsheets. Yeah. When you bust out the spreadsheets... Shit gets real. And again, busting out the spreadsheets is sort of... I actually think that's part of the game in a way. If you're watching a broadcast and you're figuring out a sign, like let's say you have a three-game series with somebody. Let's say the Tigers come to town in Houston. You, you're an intern. You're watching the game. You're cracking the code on their signs. You're telling the guys... After the game, hey, I figured out the signs in, you know, in odd innings, it's the second sign. In uh, even innings, it's the first sign. This is the one. Like, then when guys get on base, they're looking at that. To me, that's all sort of above board. It's when you go, we're going to use technology to relay that information to somebody in real time. To me, that's where it's bullshit yeah if you're watching videotape of an of another nfl team and you figure out their hand signals and in real time you're screaming on the sideline cracking their hand signals that's okay sure to me if you're in a booth at an nfl team and you have binoculars on and you're speaking in some sort of illegal radio directly to players or coaches on your that's where you're going you're going you're taking steps outside of the norm to cheat. Yeah. And that's where I think you know you're doing something yeah. wrong and you should be punished because you knowingly broke the rules. Sure. Premeditated murder. Yeah. This is not a crime of passion. No. You have che you have purposely cheated. Correct. Take those rings. Take them. Take those trophies. Yeah. Ban them for life. Do it. Love it. It's, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous, the lack of punishment that Rob Manfred has handed down in this just really wrong scandal. Yeah. You know, you know, who, you know who agrees with us, Joe? 
Who's that? Good friend of the show, Tug Coker. And you know what else? I know he agrees with us because he he wants to he wants to be one of the leads in Code Breaker. That's right. The true story of the Houston Astros. And I think Tug would be a great lead. Maybe put a ball cap on him. He's AJ Hinch. Yeah. We'll have to do like a Irishman thing to make him shorter. Yeah. You know? And a little older. Yeah. Uh Tug will be on Mixed Dish. ABC's in Mixed Dish. Tuesday night. It's awesome. Congratulations to Tug. 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Then it'll be on Hulu the next day. So Dirt Balls, if you want to support our guy Tug, as you should, go watch him on Mixed Dish. The episode is titled This Charming Man. It airs this week. He will be battling it out with Saved by the Bell's Mark Paul Gosseler. Zach Morris. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited to see that. Yeah. We saw we saw we got a little preview on Tug's Instagram a couple weeks ago. Because Mixed Dish is a period show. Yeah. It takes place in the 80s. Correct. So we saw Tug in some 80s gear on his Instagram. And finally, we know what it's for. It's for Mixed yeah. Dish. And, and, and just like his real life, Tug is playing uh, a dad. Yeah. In his role. Tug has that role down, by the way. The dad role? Oh, yeah. 100%. He's living it. That's what I'm saying. He's a method actor. Very, very good method actor. Yeah. Uh, do you want to get to some dirtball calls? Sure. Is that it? Are we through? Are we through all the top stories of the day? You know, we have a lot of dirtball calls though, too. I, I figured we we could catch up on some of the dirtball calls. Okay. Uh, before we do that, I, I'm thinking. Uh, I'll hop on the mic here, Nick. Too. I'm thinking that we should have a uh, maybe a dirty sports family meal this week. What do you guys think? You know, I'm always down for a little family meal. Love it. Little little little. What's gr- on the What's on the menu, Chef Boy Andy? Well, here's what I'm thinking, Chef Boy Andy. Here's what I'm thinking. We get some nice, fresh meat from our friends at Butcher Box. Mm, I'm, my mouth's already watering. Right? You've cooked Butcher Box. Yeah, it's we, the best. We've had it before. I actually have some great ground beef in there still that I need to uh, defrost from the freezer from Butcher I've got Box. Some stuff. I've got some Butcher Box items in my fridge, too. Maybe I bring them over. We just double up on our but We just go heavy meat family meal. We go ham on the butcher box. Yeah. No pun intended. Yeah, there is no ham in the butcher box. Yeah, there is none, so there wasn't really a pun there. Guys, butcher box is great, and every month they ship a curated selection of high-quality meat right to your house. All meat is free of antibiotics and added hormones. Each box contains 9 to 11 pounds of meat, enough for 24 individuals. Packed fresh and shipped frozen and vacuum-sealed so it stays that way. I can also, or you can also, customize your box with one of theirs. Either way, I get exactly what I want. I do love that about Butcher Box. You can pick out exactly how you want it and listen to this amazing offer that Butcher Box has for all the dirt balls. You can get two filet mignons, a pack of bacon, plus $20 off your first box when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash dirty or use promo code dirty at checkout. Once again, that's two filet mignons. How great is that? I mean, when I hear that, it makes me think of one of my favorite things in culinary history, bacon-wrapped filet mignon. That's right. Take that filet mignon, wrap it in that bacon, cook it up, have a meal of your life. Well, and that's just the stuff you're getting as a bonus. As a bonus. So once again, that's two f- free filet mignons, a pack of bacon, plus $20 off your first box just go to butcherbox.com forward slash dirty or use promo code dirty at checkout 
And uh, if you use that promo code, you get all that amazing meat. Send me a screenshot, and I will send you two koozies in the mail, and you can enjoy a fresh Miller Lite with your butcher box meal. Oh, see, see how I did that, Joe? See how it all ties together? Mouth watering. That's right. Okay. Dirtball calls. We're going to catch up on some dirtball calls. Once again, our hotline is 310-359-8365. Let's start. We alluded to this earlier, so I will start with it. The call about the Miami Dolphins. What's up, boys? Little Gooch here, a.k.a. Marcus from El Paso, Texas. So I'm calling with a question as a Dolphins fan. Uh, obviously, I'm fucking depressed. It's been that way for 20 fucking years. And now that we have a high draft pick, there's also rumors saying that the Bengals and the Dolphins have been engaged in possible discussions on the Dolphins moving from number five to number one. Now, if that happens, am I a fucking retard for thinking that if that happens, we should take to a Taco Bailoa instead of Joe Burrow? Maybe I'm a fucking idiot. I don't know. Let me know, boys. Condoms are for fellow Dolphins fans like myself and for Michael Jordan's father. If his dad had used the rubber, Michael Jordan wouldn't have had a hand in his death. Stay dirty, boys. Jesus. Wow. That was a savage call. Got really dark there, things, Dad. A lot of things in that call. I mean, even in the middle, there was some questionable verbiage. Uh, yeah. Can't say the R word now, bro. <laughs> I don't know what's going on in El Paso, Texas. You cannot say that in California. That will get you canceled. 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 Um, this question is wild to me for a lot of reasons. Wild. If there is talk, and I haven't heard this, about the Miami Dolphins moving from five to one, there's no way. Like, so many questions. Are the, are the Dolphins trying to move from five to one to take the quarterback they want? Or the Dolphins trying to move from five to one to take Chase Young. There's no way, if you're a Dolphins fan, that you want the Dolphins to use draft picks to move to one to take Tua. Stay at five and take Tua. Yeah, I agree. Tua, I think Tua will be there at five. I also can't even believe we're still talking about Tua, who I didn't like when he was healthy. I agree. As a first-round draft pick. I can't believe we're talking about him being a top-five draft pick coming off of injury. When has that ever worked? This is a Dolphins fan in El Paso. What's, what, can we talk about that? Yeah. So much. So much wrong with this call. I think, first of all, let me say this. I don't think Tua is better than Burrow. I don't think Tua is going to be a good NFL quarterback. I don't, I've seen no evidence in history that guys coming off of those psychotically good college football teams where they've never had to face any pressure whatsoever well, not will to, ever be good in the NFL. Not to mention, we've discussed this. Name one quarterback who went to Bama who's been a successful quarterback in the NFL. Oh, I'll wait. Yeah. I mean, I said the other day, Joe Namath. He had more touched, more interceptions than I mean, touchdowns. He's in the Hall of Fame. He's had a Super Bowl. But, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I understand what you're saying. 
I agree with everything you're saying. I was out on Tua before the injury. I'm still out on Tua. Tua is not going to be an NFL quarterback. Do not take him. The Dolphins have the 5th, 18th, and 26th pick. So they have three picks, three of the first 26. To me, to me the only reason you're doing that is to move up to that you just love Chase Young. And you're going to go, we'll get a quarterback with one of our other. Or you want Burrow. Are you trading up to get Burrow if you're the Dolphins? Yeah. You are? You could. And if, and if you're the Bengals, are you trading out of that spot? Why are you now not taking Burrow? The Bengals are idiots. Right. I guess the only reason you're trading out of that spot is if you're getting these three picks from the Dolphins. Or two, for, you know what I mean? But the whole thing the Dolphins were doing was trading all their assets last year to get those picks. Right. Again, they have three out of the first 26 picks are them. Yeah. Why would they give any of those up? Yeah. If you want Tua, take him at 13 or whatever you just said. If I'm the Dolphins, I want no part of Tua. No part of Tua. I, I mean, I'll take him if he's still there, uh, one of my later picks. But the idea of taking him top five. To me, I wouldn't have taken him top five when he was healthy. Yeah, I agree. Again, big school quarterbacks don't pan out as much. But also, how many of those Bama guys, like, why is he the first guy from this from these Bama teams that is considered a top quarterback? Like, every other guy, every other Bama team, their linemen go, and their defensive players go, and their skill position players go, and their quarterbacks just don't go. Despite the fact that they all won championships, that they all have put up big numbers, why is he the one? To me, I haven't seen why he's the one that deserves suddenly the hype of being like a legit top five draft pick quarterback. I agree. I mean, I don't even honestly, I don't even honestly love Burrow as like a no brainer, but you can't really argue with what he did this year. It's just unbelievable his season. Yeah. Especially when it came down to those big games at the end. I mean, he played he played as well in the playoffs as he did in, you know, blowout regular season games. Doing six and seven touchdown passes, like can't really argue with it. Like if you're especially if you're the Bengals and this kid's from Ohio and you have the first pick and you need a quarterback, it's kinda like what do we how do we not take him? Yeah, and again, all the the great quarterbacks for the most part didn't come from blue blood programs. I've said that's that's part of the Joe Prano quarterback theory. Yeah, give me give me a give me a quarterback who went to school where he's already faced some adversity. Texas Tech, so Patrick that, Mahomes, so that when he comes into the league, yeah, on a bad team, he's used to getting hit. He's used to being the underdog. He's used to playing up against great competition in some big conference. Yeah. Give me the mid, the the guy who goes to a middle SEC school, or a mid tier, Big Twelve school. Give me those guys who have had to face big time defenses and just got worked. Give me those guys. They've already they've already overcome some things. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason Greg McElroy is not still playing in the NFL, and he's calling XFL games now. Yeah. I am out on Tua. I'm I'm 100. And I out. think this caller may be drunk, <laughs> or just from El Paso. All right, we got we got another another call, which I know you like this idea a lot. If the call works, 
It's not it's not loading. Let me just uh let me go to a different one, see if a different one works. All right. Okay. There we go. Hey Joe and Andy. Um this is Nick. So I'm currently a graduate student uh, studying journalism um at Syracuse University and I'm fixing to get into the industry um next year. So I was just wondering what advice do you have for um the journalism student trying to break into the industry. Um, any tips or tricks? You guys are, are so good at what you do, so I just thought I'd ask, uh, you know, people I look up to and listen to a lot for uh, advice on it. Yeah, anything you have uh, would be would be helpful. I really appreciate it. Keep up the good work. Yeah. So this is the other Nick D'Alessandro. You know there's two, right? Wow. Oh, boy. He's also in the YouTube comments right now. This is this is like the uh, bro. This is wild. This is like the show, The Outsider. Yeah. There's two, Nick D'Alessandro. So his doppelganger. So his name is Nick D apostrophe Alessandro. The uh-huh. original Italian pronunciation. We my family Americanized it when they moved over here a couple generations ago. It's kind of disrespectful. Oh, I know. To your heritage. I know. Uh, on my on my resume, I use the apostrophe. Oh, Ooh, fancy. fancy Italian. You got to stand out a little bit. Okay. So he wants some advice. By the way, great journalism school. I believe one of the best in the country. Yes, Syracuse, fantastic school, especially sports journalism, broadcast journalism. Did he say I'm fixing? Yeah, he did say he's fixing. I'm a fix. First of all, start, stop using fixing. Yep. That's, that's certainly not AP Certified. Also, hasn't been used since 1920. So, yeah. uh, let's get up to date in the 2020s. Yeah, millennials, don't they say finna instead? Finna. I'm a, I'm a fixin' to get me some food today, see? Yeah, I'm going to go down and get on my typewriter and work on some journalism stuff. He just has a fedora that says press, a little <laughs> little ticket that he keeps in his hat. But, I'm, I'm fixing to write a story about you guys, see? I'm fixing this Astro scandal's got some really shady Read parts. all about it. Read all about it. Get you a new story over here. I'm fixing to give you a newspaper. Uh, I, as Joe, you, know, you would probably know more than me. As you know, I was a journalism major, yes. Andy. Um, I mean, first of all, he's in a good place, Syracuse Journalism School, like I said, in graduate school. I would say my advice is to, and I'm glad he's, asking us because obviously he likes the dirty sports uh you know he appreciates what we do um something that i have learned in in chasing my career know exactly what you want to do and just go directly at those people like if you want to be you know if, if he wants to be a you know sports broadcaster go, go directly to the biggest sports broadcast if he wants to i mean first of all stay out of print that's my that's my that's rule number one. Print's dead, so definitely don't be writing things. So no no one's reading shit anymore. Well, there's the internet. Yeah, Andy's Andy's the one. Andy and Walt are the one people who are still subscribed to the Wall Street Journal. I disagree. Do do radio, and by radio I mean podcasting, audio content, video content, visual content. I disagree with that. Okay. I think there's still people who are reading articles. I think I think uh, there's literally millions of statistics that would prove you wrong okay <laughs> the ringer just sold yeah as a as a, essentially a podcast network do you read their articles occasionally okay i do yeah, yeah. tug does i'm just saying those are basically journalistic in-depth well, breakdowns so, so here you go if this guy likes the ringer call the ringer 
this guy likes, uh, you know, for the win USA Today, call them up. Know what you want to do and go directly for that. Uh, I would start at the top, and I would. my advice is dream big. And he's called the Dirty Sports. That's a good start. Maybe if he, when he gets out, like Nick, Nick D over here, maybe he can slide into the DSPN production family. Wait, a Nick D on Nick D DM? Bro, yeah. my head yeah. just exploded. I mean, that's a podcast in itself. What if I wake well, up? Uh, think about this podcast on DSPN Studios. The Nick D'Alessandros. Love it. I mean, how what? crazy is that, though? Two dirt balls. And you're both from Michigan. Yeah. No, he, he, isn't he from Ohio? I thought he's from Michigan. He might be. He did ask me, hey, Nick, you've been living in California for a month. What's the most thing you miss about the great state of Michigan? That would say he's from Michigan. No person would call Michigan He's a, a Bengals fan. He goes to school in Syracuse, so I wasn't, I wasn't entirely sure. What if I woke up and the other Nick was on my couch? By the way, Nick, it's Meyer. I miss Meyer the most. Grocery store. The grocery store? That's what you miss most. Mm-hmm. Okay. Andy's taking you to Costco, Obviously. Trader Joe's. You miss Meyer. Okay. Ten, ten cent bottle return. You can't beat that over here. Let's just call it out. You said. What the hell does that mean? Yeah. What, like recycling your bottles? Oh, yeah. They have that here. Yeah, five cents. Oh. You, 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 Double. What are you, a homeless, homeless person? person? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you called it out last night. Let's just say it to our listeners. Nick is like. Basically. He's the reason we say quality of life. Yes. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. The, like the Midwest, like he came, the, the, that, that's, like, that's like a Midwest quality of life thing. He's like, I'm getting double for my bottles in the Midwest. No, but the point is, you've been out here a month, and you just see the different lifestyle. Right? Like how much better as far as like, wow, I can uh, wake up and it's 70 degrees or 60 degrees. Don't you agree the quality like the quality of life thing? Obviously, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, it's probably 12 degrees in Michigan right now too. So, I mean, year-round weather is an obvious um but I mean, summers in Michigan pretty on, the, on par for on out the here lake, right now. On the oh, lake. Yeah. Oh yeah. You go over to Holland, you get some Grand Haven in you. I don't know what he's talking about. He's talking about the West Coast. He's talking about He's talking about What uh, is Grand Haven? Is that a place? Grand Haven is like oh, okay. a It's like a beach. That was like an ice cream shop or something like Gill. Oh, they, Grand it, Haven. It, it is an ice cream shop town. Yeah, you go there for uh, the Coast Guard Festival. But Nick, your mind was blown when I took you to Cafe Fifties and you had those bomb deluxe shakes. You don't, you don't got that in Michigan, do you? We don't have Cafe Fifties. No, we don't. <laughs> I like that you look at me like, see, see what I did there. <laughs> Named one restaurant. It's the little things. Yeah, we have Sonic and Steak and Shake. See, see, here we are. Here we are again. Sonic and Steak and Shake. I've eaten at I've eaten at Sonic one time. I've eaten. I think I ate Steak and Shake once. Do we eat once or twice? And when we were at Ball State. Yeah. I was not a Steak and Shake. Shout out to Nick the Nick guy. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, um, Supple Carrot is in the YouTube comments. Right wow. Now. <laughs> Out of Undert- nowhere. Undertaker gif. Bomb. Doesn't use Twitter anymore. He heard. He heard. He heard. Like we were walking on his grave. He got the, he got the chills. Oh. Saw the supple carrot signal in the air. Unbelievable. Are, are we going to do another sleepover tonight? I well, we'll have to figure that out after oh, the show. Slumber party, man. Okay, I'm going to get bunk beds at this point. Okay, so I do have. Uh, I do get. I did get to that call. Okay. From our from our guy Kookmeyer. So okay. Uh, let's let's take. Oh, a, our boy Kookmeyer. He's got a challenge for me. Look, old Kooks for life. Old Kooks fan. My dirty boys. 
just wanted to call and say, I really hope you take my surfing challenge into consideration. Uh, Andy, you know, I think uh, with your small, nimble, boy-like body, you'd be a good surfer. Joe, I... Oh, this isn't the actual... uh... No, you already played the call on the show, though. Did I? Yeah, you did. Are you sure? Yes. I'm sure you played the original call. I don't think I did. Why have I heard it twice now? All right, play the original one. Get early onset. Hey, boys. Koopmeyer, Captain Koop, just called. I totally spaced on my brilliant idea, so I'm calling back. Um, I think that there should be a dirty sports host-to-host challenge uh, that goes down maybe in six months from now. Maybe it's uh, at the end of the year, but uh, I think Andy needs to learn how to surf, and we should have Ding. a surf competition Ding. between him and Joe. Joe obviously knows how to surf already, Jeez. but with this knee injury, I mean, can he come back from that? Can he surf again? Who is he? Can he come back and surf better than someone who's never surfed and had like six months to try? Uh, I'm just saying, I think it would be a pretty good uh, competition. I think it would be pretty fair. You got, the, you know, Joe, the former surfer, hobbled. Andy, totally new. Just fucking let Lachlan teach him or something. That's only going to be good. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think you guys should have a surf off in like six months or whenever Joe can walk again. You know, either way. By the way, team leg all fucking day. R.I.P. Kooks. Stay dirty. He gives an R.I.P. Kooks. He also goes ahead and says wave sliding a million times in that. He uses the S word. It's shameful. For anybody who's a kook, old kook listener, we don't say the S word. I don't think I can do this. Well, Because it's, it, it's a lot of work. If it's I, a lot of work. You'd have, you'd, have to, you'd have to wave slide twice a week. Between now and then, the competition would have to be literally the first time I paddle out post-injury. I'm not against surfing. I have surfed. Like, twice. It's just, it's a lot of work. Joe's right. Like, I'd have to be getting up. You'd have to be getting out twice a week between now and, like, July to probably get to the level that I'd be at first sesh post-injury yeah we're like first time i'm standing up on a board it'd be it, it might be pretty close then if you put the work in you're not going to i don't think this is happening well i would need someone with me as someone who has no experience yeah, surfing you need, you need somebody to teach you that's you what i'm saying a, you need an instructor all the time yeah now i could maybe go out with miles well you could yeah you you wouldn't need you wouldn't need a instructor every time between now and july but you need you'd need Half a dozen lessons, then to be able to sort of train on your own after that. And I'll be honest, right now you need to train all of the rest of February and all of March with an instructor, and then you need April, May, and June of just practicing on your own for an early July first time getting back on a board competition. Yeah, it would be close in that situation if you put the work in. You won't. And it's not well. Well, it's just it's you have just, a lot to do. Yeah, it's just allocating my time. And, and now maybe Nick. Now is Nick taking? 
two lessons a week between now and July? I, I won't allow it. <laughs> As his stepfather, I will not allow it. Why? You should get out more. Have you been in the ocean since you've been out here? I've been in the ocean a couple times. I haven't really fully submerged myself. We still have to go stand-up paddleboard. Wait a second. You've not fully submerged yourself in the water. No, I've not been you baptized have, by the Pacific not, yet. You have not bathed in the cold water of the Pacific. I looked yesterday when I went by the lifeguard stand. It's Yesterday was 57 degrees, the water. It's cold. Yeah. Yesterday set the record for furthest west I've been in the United States. Which was where? Santa Monica Pier. Wow. All the way to the end. Oh, you went to the end. All the way. You, you jump in that water, you go even further west. <laughs> yeah, maybe tomorrow. Yeah? Did you do any rides? Did you see all the games? Yeah, we saw some of the games. We got hype because they were doing Plinko, and this this, this, this great Oriental family got 300. Uh, you definitely can't say wow! Oriental. Wow! Wow! What is this guy? <laughs> Was it a family of rugs? Uh, canceled. Anyway. Spent about Asian three, three minutes with this family, watching them do the Plinko. They got close like two times, got 200, 200. Plinko. Both sides, yeah. You know, you, you, you know Plinko. I know Plinko. Drop the yeah. little puck down. Bro, I watched yeah. Price is Right. Yeah. Anyway, me and Paige are with this family. and Whoa, whoa, whoa. A different family? No, same, same family. I'm saying this is the only family. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, this tourist family playing Plinko. And it, there was like about five of us, and you know we, we were watching from a distance. Then we got close, and then, and then they got last two attempts down to the left, down to the right, and then last one, cameras out and everything, drops right in the middle. Everyone gets hype, and all they want was a little rubber snake. But they, they they celebrated as if they won an Xbox. You should you give me the basketball down there, bro. I have won multiple giant stuffed animals. Shooting hoops down there. You know, there's a hoop right on the boardwalk, right by my place, where you can like make a basket. You get like jerseys. NFL jerseys. Yeah. yeah, that one's rigged. I've already, I've already scouted that one out. <laughs> They're all rigged. By the way, Nick and I played basketball twice last week. Yeah, I know. I heard. Yeah. I asked you where he ranked in the dirt ball, in the dirty sports intern basketball skills challenge. You said you had him above Shabelli and above Trevor. Wow. And you said, we we we've still not seen Moharis. Twerks has not twerked on the basketball court. And then you said you maybe have him below EJ. Maybe. You liked EJ's skills. But I I was, you know, I haven't seen Nick play, but I said EJ's skills, EJ's like a Fast and the Furious car. <laughs> it's like a lot of bells and whistles on it. You're still a fucking Hyundai. <laughs> I'd let him dribble around, do his whole thing, get hype, and then I'd block him the second he tried to take a shot. Nick can get hot. He he puts a big arc on his shot. Arc's important, especially out here by the beach. He banks it a lot. Good, a lot of good, have, having the arcs get helpful down here. Yeah. On the outdoor outdoor rims. You know what, you know what I reinstituted when we play. My coach used to do this in the eighth grade. Mm. You could not leave. Nick does not like this. You can't leave the court. You couldn't leave practice until you made five free throws in a row. And the parents used to hate that because they'd be waiting for their kids. Yeah. Like, my kid's got to go. And you say, no, you're not until they make five free throws in a row. Yeah, your kid's got to be clutch. Yeah, and five free throws in a row isn't the easiest. No. And I will say, you know, I've done it both times. And my boy Nick here, is, he's struggling on the free throw game. He's walked away. Well, like you said, I'm a very on and off shooter. You know, I, I have my streaks, obviously. I can go like three in a row, three in a row. I just can't hit that fifth in a row, you know. Yeah, we'll, go, we'll work on that, we'll though. We'll work on it. Exactly. Five. <laughs> 
Kobe. I think that's the calls we're going to do this week. Okay. The hotline is 310-359-8365. Once again, it is that time of year, guys. So call in if you have any questions about anything in life. We're here to answer it, Joe. Yeah. This is this is one of the few lulls we have in the sports season. NFL ends. XFL is trying to fill in the gap. But we have a nice little gap here uh, between football ending and baseball officially starting at the end of March. We have about a month and change where anything is possible on the show. Give us a call. Potential for long, for you to spur long discussions. Correct me if I'm wrong. Nick might know this as well. I believe the infamous Gary Coleman episode was happened, during this time last year. Happened in February 2018. Wow. I mean, I've always said this too, as a as a dirtball myself. Like these are my favorite times of the year to listen to the dirty sports. You don't got all of like the news cycle coming in and out. It's just raw intellectual conversations happening over here intellectual and and anything in the chat that was uh worthy of us mentioning or discussing or i mean you can't top the supple carrot appearance supple we said where's supple carrot he said here i am just not on twitter nick brown all right well that's the show appreciate everybody tuning in subscribe to us on youtube my man nick over here is pumping out some content we got our weekly segments facts only and also, Andy Goes to Costco, which featured some amazing road rage this week for me. Uh, and if you subscribe on YouTube and set up your notifications, you'll get an alert when we go live. You can watch this, as many people are right now, in the chat. And gives you an opportunity to use that chat to directly inject into the show. So if you're listening to this show right now and you're going, man, I wish when they were talking about Tua, I could have said, here's why he's a prospect. Get on YouTube. Then you can fire that in there. Then we can have a more of a live back and forth. That's right. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. You can follow me at Andy Ruther. Drop an iTunes review. I'll get you some koozies. Just leave your Twitter or Instagram handle. What about you, Joe? Uh, at Joe Prano on Instagram, at Fix Your Life on Twitter. Um, JoePrano.com for shows. Colorado coming up. Uh, if you want to see me in Aspen or Boulder or Denver. Uh, a lot of more, a lot more shows uh, coming up in March. So go to JoePrano.com. And as I said prior to the show, uh, please stream or download Valentine's Day is for Suckers, which is now officially out and features Ya Boy on two tracks. It's on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, Pandora, SiriusXM, etc., etc., etc. Go to my social media, check it out, and let me know what you think of the tracks because I'd love feedback. If you guys love hearing my voice and you want to hear more of it, you can listen to my old radio show at Central Michigan, Nick and Heem on SoundCloud. Plug on that now because I have a great Valentine's Day episode and a great segment there. You can listen to my take on Valentine's Day. Oh, hot fire. All right, guys. That's the show. Thanks for the support. Thanks for listening. Have an enjoyable week. And most importantly, stay dirty.